0: Welcome to livealittlehigher.com. I hope you're having the most wonderful week with all the celebrations of Purim and Shushan Purim, and it's just a beautiful week to celebrate, to be happy, to be with friends, to show our love and unity as a Jewish people. So today we're going to learn about the Parashah of the Week. This week we are reading Parashah Kisisa. And the name of the reading, Kisisa, means uh, when you raise up. And it really raises a question, this parasha, because this Kisisa, to raise up, is referring to the elevation of the children of Israel. Since the majority of the reading centers on the sin of the golden calf, after the giving of the Torah, the Jewish people... um, Idol worship this uh, golden calf, thinking that Moshe Rabbeinu had died and he didn't come down with the tablets. They fell into despair and they started worshiping this calf. So the question is <clears throat> that how can this terrible thing contribute to the elevation of the Jewish people? How and something so horrendous that is such a downfall imagine the the Jewish people after receiving the Torah they were in their highest spiritual state that they have ever been they were sinless they had rectified the sin of Adam and Eve they were almost like, like angels And then suddenly they have this humongous downfall that till today they say that all our suffering comes from this sin. So the sin of the golden calf represents a tragic descent. The impurity imparted by the sin of the tree of knowledge when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden of Eden eating by the tree of knowledge of good and evil is compared to the sin of the golden calf. So ever since that primordial sin, which was rectified with the giving of the Torah, then we come to the sin of the golden calf, which really is um, of the same level as the level of of the sin of of the tree of knowledge. So this sin is the source of all subsequent sins. And similarly, all the punishments suffered uh, by the Jewish people throughout the centuries are connected to the sin of the golden calf. And so what place can such an event have in portion whose name points to the Jews ascending? How can this be? What does the Torah is trying to tell us? And we know that the Torah really is eternal and every lesson in the Torah is really like fit for the week. This week we are reading about Queen Esther and Mordecai and the Jewish people almost being annihilated in Shushan because of their lack of unity and love for their Jewish religion and we see how history unfolds and it's, it's timeless, like we keep falling down, we keep doing things we shouldn't be doing um, But nevertheless, the Jewish people always, always come out of everything and they don't only come out, they really come eh, better than before. So to answer this question, we we must expand first on a conceptual framework for the state to which God desires to bring the Jewish people and not only Jewish people but the whole humanity all human uh, uh, mankind what is the purpose of Hashem having us in this world and uh, relating to each other and what's the, the, the ultimate mission for all of us so this is indicated by the very expression when you lift up the heads the heads means the human intellect so what it's talking about Kisisa, when you lift up the heads, it's talking about our sehel, our intelligence, and what it's telling us is that we must elevate our intelligence. You know, we're all frantic, we're all super scared. This coronavirus is like spreading, like uh, ugh, like something that we've never seen before. It's everywhere. Nobody, there's no country now that has no none of it and there's a lot of lessons to be learned from this and uh, it really is uh, proposed with the, with the parasha because we've learned that what one person does in China really affects the whole world everybody's affected Jews, Muslims, Christians, Catholics Uh, good people, bad people, young people, old people everybody gets affected by it and we learn from this that really we're all united we're one big body and when one part of the body is not well the whole body is not well so the essence of our souls is an actual part of God above we've learned this in Hasidut And God desires that man transcend himself and experience divine potential. This is the whole purpose of of our being here is that we are able to transcend our humanistic, our animalistic natures and be able to experience something bigger than what we see. And we see here that in China, for example, they eat all these weird animals that the Torah really forbids. They're not kosher. They're not, uh, not only for the Jews, not, nobody should be eating this. If it's not good for us, it's not good for anybody. So we learn from here that really we, we need to use our sayhole. we need to use our intelligence and you know what? These are dirty animals, they're, they're, they're not healthy animals for, for human beings and we cannot deal with them in a proper way. Also hygiene, for example. I've seen so many people that began washing their hands that they said that they had never had this concept in their lives. Like of washing their hands before they eat, washing their hands after they go to the bathroom, washing their hands when they touch their feet. In Jewish religion, for thousands of years, we've been washing our hands. So what the Torah is telling us is like, use your intelligence, be intelligent, be, be smart. Like, think. So when it says here that the intent is not merely that we rise above only our human intellect but that we lift up our heads themselves reshape our minds so facing a super rational connection to God is not sufficient our very thoughts the very way we understand the world must encompass a truth which transcends the intellect and that's when the Torah comes into play when we see that the Torah is telling us for thousands of years to not eat this to wash our hands to be clean to to be careful what we say, be careful what you see, be careful what you hear. We see this coronavirus thing goes in through the mouth, in through the eyes, in through the ears, in through the nose. This is our gates. And it's telling us thousands of years before, be careful, guard your your gates. So this is the intent of the command to lift up the heads of the children of Israel, that even within the realm, characterized by separation evil and self there may flourish an awareness of God's unbounded spiritual truth so corona means corona means keter means crown this is another lesson that we learned from this from this virus the crown who's the crown in the world people think they they make choices they think they have everything figured out they think they run their lives they run the world people think they're the king of the world hello remember who runs the show if Hashem's nieces the whole world gets sick he, he decides to paralyze. Cities, countries, the the airways, the the cruise ships, the stock market, nobody can do anything. It's beyond our control. So from here, this is what Kisisa means. It's like, use your intelligence, see who runs the world, who has the crown, who is the real king of the world. So in this vein, Hasidic thought describes the sin as an awesome intrigue devised against man. Jews by nature are above above any connection with sin. If a person's yetzer hara, evil inclination, overcomes him and makes him sin, this is because the yetzer hara was prompted from above to bring him to this act. So uh, the, 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 the Tanya says, that a person doesn't sin unless a spirit of folly enters him. And that's why we need to really guard ourselves, guard what we see, guard what we hear, guard what what we say. Always try to look at what is right to do. Be always thinking, how can I serve God better? What is my purpose in this place? How can I be of help? If this is what's in your head, then no stupidity can come inside of your head. But if you're looking at the wrong movies and you're reading the wrong books and you're listening to, 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 to uh, I don't know, dirty songs and, you're, and you speak dirty words and you think dirty things, then that's when the Yetzirah really can get into you. So it says that this is purposeful and awesome intrigue devised by God to bring about a higher and more complete unity between God and the individual and the world at large. So in, in his explanation of our sage's statement, eh, the Rebbe says that in the place of a Baal even the complete right, righteous person cannot stand. Like a person that returns to his essence, this is what a Baal is, is a, a returnee to who he really is. Eh, when he returns, Not even the most righteous person in the world can stand in the same place. And the Rambam states, the Balshuva are on a higher level because they conquer their evil inclination more. So a Balshuva or a Benoni, how the Tanya describes him, is a person that is in constant awareness of, of, of his actions, of his thoughts, of his speech. He's all the time aware of, of the consequences of what can happen if I do this, if I think this way, in a, if I get in this bad deal and I steal money from this person. He's constantly aware of, of everything that he's doing. He's, he's, he's not that he cannot have a bad temptation. He does have a bad temptation. It comes, the Yetzer Hara comes, And sometimes it's very sneaky. But the Balshuva or the Benoni is a person that is in constant awareness. So he measures his life. He knows what can happen if I do this, what can happen if I do that. And he knows where he wants to be. So the righteous do not have to struggle so hard against their evil inclination because they really their evil inclination is subservient to their godly inclination to the extent that they're righteous and their evil inclination is nullified it's, it's not something that's going to take them to sin so a by contrast possesses a powerful evil inclination as evident by the his sin and yet still desires to cling to god Moreover, our sages teach that teshuvah transforms even sins which a person commits intentionally into merits. So, if a person used to eat tray food, not kosher food, he used to eat all these. Thinks that he should not be eating, the moment that he becomes a balshuva and he starts eating only kosher food, then his sins of eating that non-kosher food become merits. So this elevates the lowest aspect of existence, which this derives sustenance from the realm of klipa, which is like a, a husk something that conceals and brings them into a bond with God. Why does a Baal-shuva have the potential to elevate aspects of existence which are by nature distant from godliness? Because in order to strive for teshuvah, a person must tap his deepest spiritual resources, that soul, which is an actual part of Hashem. So what's important here is to understand that we do have a part of us, a spark of God inside of us. It's not that we have Hashem inside of us, but we have a spark of him. And when we understand that our soul, our neshama, Elokit, our godly neshama, divine soul really Mamesh is a piece of Hashem then we understand that we have the ability to really return so so he, when he reaches this point he is able to appreciate that nothing is apart from him he realizes that nothing separate from him really everything is part of him and in his life he is able to show how every element of existence expresses this truth so what he eats it's part of him it's part of God Uh, when you go and you do a mitzvah when you give sedaka to someone it's not that you're giving to that person in reality everything is God I remember there was a joke I heard once of this lady that had a dream That God came to her and said to her that he was going to come and visit her uh, the next day. So she woke up and she was like, it was such a real dream that she prepared her house. She uh, polished all her silverware. She cooked a delicious meal. She was so excited. Finally, she was going to get to meet Hashem. While she's preparing, she has a knock on the door. And there's this beggar. And he's saying that he's hungry, that if she has some food for him. She says, no, I'm so sorry, I'm so busy, I'm preparing my house, God is coming to visit, I don't have time for you. And she closes the door. Then a little boy comes and he knocks on the door that he's collecting money for the Boy Scouts and he brings chocolate and if she can buy some chocolate. And she says, no, I don't have time for you, God is coming to visit me, I don't have time for you, I'm running. And she closes the door. And the neighbor comes and says, can you lend me your hammer? Oh, no, no, I don't have time for you. The same story. And she locks the door. And she sits down to wait for Hashem, put some candles on the table. And she has two places for the dinner. She's waiting, 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 and God never arrives. So she goes to sleep and she's so sad. She can't stop crying. And in her dream, again, God comes to her and says, and she says to him, I waited for you all night. Why didn't you come? He says, I did come. I was a beggar. I was a little boy. I was your neighbor. So we, try, we, in our minds, feel that we're we and he's him and my table is my table and his table is his table. But in reality, in essence, in a higher way, we're all one. We're one with God. And this is what the big lesson of this month with the, this virus, is that we're all one. We're all interconnected. What one person does in the other side of the world has an effect on the rest of the world. Sometimes we don't see it. Maybe sometimes we don't feel it. But in reality, every action has a ripple effect. So this process is an example of the pattern the descent for the purpose of of the the ascent, our climb to those peaks which our intellect cannot reach on its own involves a descent to levels with our intellect would normally reject so sometimes in life we have to go down and the purpose for going down really is for us to get our act together to clean ourselves to get up to to get straight and go to a higher level to a a more elevated level. It's not for us to stay down there uh, crying all our lives of our failures and our lack of success. This is not going to take you anywhere. But you know, you see successful people are people that fall down and get up, fall down and get up until they make it. They make it, and at the end, they become very successful. So the purpose, the ascent of the Jewish people is stated in the opening verse. Afterwards, the reading continues with the final commands for the construction and dedication of the sanctuary. So we see in this parasha that the Jewish people sin, they go down, and then when they come out of the sin, the first thing that God does is he gives them the commandments for the dedication and the construction of the the mishkan, of the tabernacle, in the desert the incense offering and the giving of the first tablets. All these subjects reflect a connection to God's above the limits of ordinary experience. So also Hashem gave us the first tablets and then Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to receive them when he's coming down. He, he crushes them, he destroys them and then he ascends again to bring another set of tablets that are, are infinite. They will never be destroyed. So this terrible fall motivated the Jewish people to turn to God in teshuvah, evoking a third phase, the revelation of the thirteen attributes of mercy, which are totally unbounded level of godliness that encompasses even the lowest levels. So the highest peak finds expression in the, gave, in the giving of the second tablets, and the final event mentioned in this week's Torah reading, the shining of Moses. Countenance. It says that his face was shining with the shahina of God. He had to cover his face. People could not see his face anymore. So the shining of Moshe's face manifested the ultimate fusion of the physical and the spiritual. Godly light shone from Moshe's physical body. So similar cycles of descent and ascent have shaped the history of the people, of our people, the Jewish people. The aim of this process is a final union between the spiritual and the material, the era of the redemption, when the world will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the ocean bed when we seen in this context all the years of exile appear as merely a fleeting moment when we understand that we're here perfecting the world doing tikun olam, perfecting everything that needs to be perfecting and by elevating ourselves this is what we, we have to understand that failure is part of life it's not uh, we're all designed to fail this is the design we, we, we came with It's not something to be ashamed of. What it's to be ashamed of is that if you fail, that you stay there and you don't get up and you do whatever you have to do from the lessons learned from that failure. So when this purpose is accomplished, the exile will conclude. And to quote the Rambam, it says the Torah has promised that ultimately at the end of her exile, Israel will repent and immediately be redeemed and then we will begin a never-ending ascent as it is written they will proceed from strength to strength and appear before God in Zion so I wish you a blessed week may we always strive to be better Uh, at least go to sleep every night feeling that you did better today than what you did yesterday Live up to the best of your capacities. That's all that Hashem is asking from you. He's not asking you to be Moshe Rabbeinu. He's asking you to be you. And to live up to who you are. That's it. Simple. So I leave you here. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.